I'm Lauren. And I'm Annie. Welcome, Welcome to, to Barf Barf. <laughs> Lots of flavor on that one. What's up, everybody? How you been? We're... We've been fucking awesome. Yeah. Oh, sorry about the potty language. Yeah, we're starting out hard sorry. and strong. Hard and strong. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Just like uh, running lately. Yeah. Hard and strong. Well, kind of. More like nothing and then an explosion of difficulty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you would feel the same way. Uh, kind of. I mean, we're still, we're both very relatively new back to re to mm-hmm. training. I was mm-hmm. thinking about this. So I got back to a training plan with my coach, Ryan Gelfie, on Christmas Day, actually, because okay. it was a Monday. So it's been uh, essentially a month. For me, it's been two weeks, so maybe that's why I feel a little bit more like I got slapped in the face. Yeah. You also had a really rough New Year's that, mm. <laughs> that really it threw two, it in it there. It took me 18 days to recover from my New Year's party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And Travis and Pickles, if you're listening to this, it's mostly your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Not pointing any fingers, but, but if I were, it would were, were, were you. If there's a reason for me projectile vomiting for 24 hours, I mean, I've never... I don't think I've been that sick from partying in my life, and I've done my fair share. Yeah. So good, so, so good for you. So, yeah. So, you recovered from a broken leg. Yeah. I recovered from drinking four and a half bottles of champagne by myself. Essentially equivalent. So Basically that, the same thing. Mm-hmm, Starting exactly. at zero. <laughs> Both overuse injuries. <laughs> <laughs> so, we baselined at zero on Jan, Jan 1. And then we wanted to bring the pain. Yeah. So, we... Last time we talked about an orienteering event where we go and just like flopped. We completely flopped. Mm. We messed up the map scale. We just totally, we, we just totally shit the bed, if you will. We did. We got hosed hard. And it made it, it made us feel like we'd forgotten everything about orienteering. So we had an orienteering competition uh, two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. And it was put on by uh, the Cincinnati Orienteering Club. And both Cincinnati and Louisville's orienteering clubs put on an event every weekend this time of year, which to me is incredible for so many reasons. Like, uh, just the amount of work it takes that this time of year, I mean, we've been really lucky this year that the weather's been kind of nice, but the motivation of having a thing every year in the winter or a thing every weekend in the winter is really encouraging. It's helpful. And actually the weather has been shite. But it just happens to be that when we go to orienteering races, the weather yeah. clears up for us. Yep. We really, other than, I mean, frigid was cold and snowy. But it was crystal clear. It, it wasn't, wasn't super windy. It wasn't painful. No. No. Just bitterly, bitterly cold. Yeah. So two weekends ago, we went to, no, I'm not making this up, Big Bone Lick State Park to do an orienteering <laughs> <laughs> on Beaver Road. Again, I'm <laughs> making up. <laughs> and... uh. The main goal was to like get our get our, get our groove back. Yeah, <laughs> how Lauren and Annie got their groove back because I really felt like, like I had we had gotten everything, everything we yeah. that I thought I was an okay navigator, and that winter happened, and that I wasn't anymore. For me, it was more like learning third grade math and then taking a high school test, not being able to do it, and being like, I don't know any math. Goodbye. Yeah, exactly. I can't. I can't learn math. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I really needed, and I sort of walked into this being like, I'm not good at this, I don't know what to do. But I feel like I, I regained some sense of, uh, I think once once we counted re-entrance to a checkpoint, I was like, I'm back. Mm-hmm. I feel this again. Mm-hmm. I know where I am. So it was Lauren, me, and our friend Morgan, because we... In addition to Lauren and I just wanting to get better at navigation, Morgan came with us because we did an event, uh, like a group run last weekend in North Carolina where off-trail navigation is required. Like, that's a skill that you have to have. And Morgan's completely new to navigation or orienteering at all, so she wanted to at least get one-time experience to get out there using a compass and just to feel a little bit more comfortable with direction of travel and Initially, she was going to do a snow O in northern oh, yeah. Ohio. She got, I think it got canceled twice. It got rescheduled twice, which was crazy to me because every orienteering event that we've ever been exposed to says, like, in the, and I only imagine it being read in a grizzly man's voice, this event will take place no matter <laughs> snow, rain, sleet, <laughs> or ice. Uh, and we've seen those events yeah. happen. So... Uh, I don't know who them pussies are up north. I don't know. An event called the Snow O being canceled because of snow. The irony does not escape me. 
So anyway, so Morgan came with us uh, so she could get like a crash course in orienteering and I was admittedly a little bit nervous because one I wasn't sure if we remembered how to navigate or not yeah and then trying to teach somebody else at all you know that really kind of tests your mettle as far as Mm -hmm. how well do I actually understand this Mm -hmm. to be able to teach somebody else so we went to the park. It was a awesome weather day. Yeah, like, it was like 45 and the sunny. The sun was out. It was crazy. It I couldn't awesome. believe that it was January. And we started out on the easy course, uh, which when I say easy, I mean it's pretty easy. So it's both short and there's few control points or places that you need to check in or punch in. Um, and usually the control points are at places that are like trail intersections trail. Yeah. or, you know, on a fence or on a power line mm-hmm. um, versus as you go up in course difficulty, they get longer. And also the control points are like in the middle of nowhere. So you can't just say, I need to go to this distinct landmark and mm-hmm. we'll be right there. You're like, well, it's. Uh, in a tiny pond in the middle of a field, so I'm Uh, gonna guess. (laughs) But we did the easy course, and despite the fact that it was easy, I mean, we went through in, like, 40 minutes. Yeah. We we obliterate. Well, I know, to say we obliterated the easy course at an orienteering race is probably um, a dumb thing to say, but... We beat a bunch of teenagers that had not done orienteering before, so, you know. They were like little baby 15-year-old ROTC kids in full fatigues having a pretty good time, I think. But they were also avoiding all the puddles, which we thought was super cute. Yeah. We were like, oh, honey, you walk through them. Yeah, just get in there. You're going to get, get wet dirty. anyways. Just get Smear in there. Smear blood and mud on your blood. <laughs> Smear mud on your face and let's keep going. Smear someone's blood on your face, <laughs> you know. Get ready. That is the way. So we did the easy course, uh, relatively crushed it, and, I mean, just that honestly felt really good. Like, relatively crushed? I mean, we won it. We did, Yeah. I'm saying relatively crushed it because if an advanced orienteer person had done the easy course, they would have, felt silly. They would have done it in eight yes, minutes they would have, instead they would have of like 40 the ABCs. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we came back and then went out on the hardest course and worked really well as a team and I think hustled pr- pretty well, even mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. Um, it's it is mind-boggling to me and I would encourage... I. We've said this before, but I would encourage any trail runner person to get into orienteering. One, for safety reasons, just to be Mm -hmm. able to get yourself out of sticky situations and to know where you're going. Um, But two, like, the challenge of it is real. Like, it is not a slog jog through the woods. It's not at all. And uh, Lauren's favorite and maybe only reason she sticks to orienteering is the scavenger hunt component. So, Dude. (laughs) There's something way juicy about being a grown-up and finding treasure in the woods, and it, like, it just never... She finally let me wear the dibber, which is this tiny electrical device that you wear on your finger that you stick into a hole, and it goes... That brings me... Oh, intense joy. <laughs> that scratches an itch for me. And also for it to be in a place that a map tells you, like, I, I mean, come on. Like, yeah, treasure tre- map? strictly a treasure hunt yeah. for me. But the challenge of doing it, if you really wanted to go all balls out, or as Gelfie says, all, all balls, balls in. in. Yeah. You, I mean, we saw people that were sprinting uphill or, you know, I mean, really hustling the entire time. Whereas we were trying to like think and make sure that we didn't make any navigation mistakes first before, before speed. And we were mostly traveling at like an ultra pace. Yeah. So just kind of not shuffling. I mean, there were definitely parts like if we were on a road or something, we were running. Um, But we also took the opportunity, like uh, one of the control points, we completely, we were in the wrong re-entrant, and so, and a re-entrant is essentially like a ditch running down the side of a hill, um, for lack of a, uh, if you were here, I would draw a visual for you, but that doesn't really work here. Nope. Um, but there were times where we kind of like walked back to where maybe we got off track so that we were like, okay, this is where we made a mistake. I've forgotten that. That makes me feel a little bit better because we really did, like, retrace our steps a little bit to be like, okay, yes. let's not do this again the wrong way. So we had, like, learning moments. Yes. And we weren't just sprinting it out the no. whole time. No, and, uh, and our time kind of reflect that, but it, it is a good note to know, like, we didn't just blaze through because, again, the idea was if we made a mistake, we wanted to be able to learn from it yeah. and not just be like, well, somehow we found it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that, that definitely happens a lot where you just go, I don't know how I got here, but I am here. Or you get there and you're like, yay! Oh, this is not this for is the us. Wrong one. This is not ours. This is not the right one. There's something bizarre about the orienteering competitor that exists in this weird 
middle ground, which is like, maybe not middle ground. I just can't define the orienteer. He or she is fast, but not necessarily a runner. They are able to read a map and walk at the same time. They are agile, but they don't necessarily train like an athlete. Mm -hmm. They are just people... I mean, I mean, it's so primal what they yeah. do because it's not really like premeditated or trained for. The training is mental, and then they just hope that their body eventually comes along. There's just something about like those upper echelon people that we see near us and like in our region where I'm just like, you just go hard because yeah. your brain is telling you to go hard. And I, I think the best way to classify it is just people who are very good at moving through the woods. Yeah. Uh, that's something I really need to work on because yeah. even when I watch Annie descend, like I did this past weekend, down like maybe a technical off trail section, I just don't have the balls to like just play like blast it. I'm just like it, oh eh, oh the tree oh ah oh but what if my toes get stuck and and then I just end up like twinkle toesing around a bunch of shit and then Annie's already 150 yards ahead of me, so. I have to figure out a way to practice this, like, just bomb it. And, like, I don't know how you don't fear death when you do what you do. I think the more scared you are of it, the scarier it is. It's just, I, I mean, you've ridden a like mountain to down, bike. I like to downhill mountain bike, mm -hmm. and that's cool. But, like, when I'm on foot, I'm like, oh, I might bust my butt. I do have more pr just practice off trail. So I've thought about going to, like, uh, by Clear Creek or something, and they have those power cuts those Can you, power are you allowed cuts? to be on them? No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. Got it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, and just finding like a good, I don't even think it has to be super long, but just that pitch that that's enough of a pitch that kind of makes you when you're going uphill, it kind of makes you want to peel off of it. Yes. And just doing that up and down. I mean, I think that's something that a lot of Barkley competitors have found success with is finding some shitty off trail thing that they go up and down 300, 400 times. I think Brett Mowney had like a 350 foot tall climb just and did just it. did it over and over and over and over balls that makes me i mean i will for sure do it yeah but that makes me crazy yeah i think my, my biggest fear is landing my tailbone on a rock that's my ultimate fear yeah anyway anyways so back to the orienteering race yeah uh orienteering race we ended up doing our course in two hours and 20 minutes and got 12th out, out of, of 19 19, te 19 teams, teams individuals whatever um, which wasn't bad. No, and for us. And again, especially considering we, well, we weren't last, so yeah. yay, yay! That's really where the bar is. We Are we not it. last? Yay! We did it! Um, but like you said, we double-checked some things to learn from them, not just trying to blaze through. However, again, this idea that we're runners and then going out and orienteering, um, even when we're doing a pretty good job, we're so far behind lots of people. So I think the next the next person up from us did it in like an hour 40. Like it was a Tell half me. an hour difference. Yes. And the person that won that course what, did it in 44 minutes. What the fuck? Which it was, how many miles was it? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like six. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. So he's running sub tens and navigating? For sure. No. Yeah. He made, like, the junior nationals team. Oh, okay. So, All yeah. Right. All yeah. right. Legit. But, um, yeah, so 40, it was definitely 44 minutes. But, again, I mean, if you're navigating really well, it may have done, we may have done it with six miles, but maybe the shortest way was five miles, you I know? See. I so see. that makes a big difference. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's always, it's always a good test of skill and, like, to build more experience. It's also always humbling. It's always humbling. Always. always. And... There's I've something heard, about it that will always elude me. And I've heard more than once people say, even people that have come to these things a lot, I learn something new every time I go out. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that. that to be true. Um, but it was it met, it met the purpose of the weekend, which was to make sure that we did actually know how to orienteer and, we and navigate. And we did. Yeah. And we did. That and, helped. Uh, it was also pretty good because some orienteering meets require a lot of compass work or taking bearings a lot. And this was more following features and yeah. landmarks, yeah. Uh, which suited our purposes very well. Yeah. So that was the lead up to last weekend, 
which was uh, the three of us, myself, Lauren, and Morgan, heading to North Carolina. Back to North Carolina. Back to North Carolina. To the center of my pain and suffering. We had this epiphany while on our way down that all of Lauren's worst running times have happened in the area we were in. So Would you nice. like to name them? Yeah. So Starting from least worst to most worst. Okay. So the least worst would be my bachelorette party where I had a runner's knee and we climbed Mitchell and Greybeard and I wanted to die. <laughs> so that's my baseline of smallest amount of suffering. Also, just a reminder that we don't know how to have the right kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people really like to go boating. Um, second worst being Quest for the Crest, which uh, kind of a similar thing happened to me this past weekend where I... Did so much climbing that I felt like my heart was going to explode. <laughs> and I really trained my fucking tits off for that race. And I don't, have you done a, a full quest for the crest? That was my only attempt. Quest race recap, though? No. So you should probably, like, back up as far as, like, cutoffs. Just like a I quick... I don't know. You know me. I don't do logistics. Cutoffs were between 13 and 14 hours. It's a 50K. You can even do, like, non-numerics to say, like... Okay. The beginning cutoffs were very... <laughs> yes. Okay, so to get to the halfway point, or close to the two-thirds point, the f- course was front-loaded that you had to be faster in the beginning than you would be in the end. So if you could get to the checkpoint in a certain amount of time, you'd have a shitload of time to get to the end. Yeah. I missed the cutoff at, like, 19 miles out of 31, and I got taken back in a truck... With Barrick, and we drank beer and ate donuts, which turned out to be awesome. But I trained for four months for that race. And you were also not dilly-dallying on the climb up, nor did you no. Nor did you no. have any yucky stuff happen, no. though. and nor did I feel bad about my performance. I had done four months of solid, severe weight training with the one Morgan Green. I had done a sh- twice a week at least on the stair mill. And I was putting in solid, like, 100-mile-esque 100, 100 training. And then that's what happened. So, fuck that. So, second worst Second time. worst. Third worst. And the absolute, I would say, my worst race experience of my life, even including San Diego. Really? Well, they're, they're up for grabs for the worst. You didn't have ghost face. At... No, I did. I had meth face. I know, but meth face versus haunted faces, well, they're, di- they're different. Like, if they were playing cards, I'm not sure which They're one pretty would equal in my, um, like, asking God to take me away feeling. So that would be Pitchell, where we did uh, Mount Mitchell to Mount Pisgah. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I wanted to die for probably the last 11 miles. I wanted, I really disliked it the whole time, but the last 11... Was uh, brutal. It, it... I mean, I couldn't stay awake. I couldn't stop pooping. I felt gross. So, yes, all of those things happened in Asheville, to which we return for another glorious adventure. (laughs) So we just keep going back to this area being like, and either, because I also had a really hard time at Pitchell. Morgan had a good time at Pitchell. It, It kind of rotates between at least Morgan or I having a good time. And I don't think we've ever thought before about how each time we go, Lauren has a really good time. And that's not but, standard for no, me. No, no. But to your credit, you keep going. So I'm, we'll end up going again, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, because Asheville is kind of the closest place for real mountains. It, yeah, I'll be it there. It is. It'll be terrible. Yeah. Uh, so we head down to North Carolina last weekend uh, for a group run um, put on by the one and only, or put on, hosted? Hosted? Yeah. yeah. Hosted by the one and only Chris Geekus, who, if you remember from our Pitchell recap, was our lord and savior, <laughs> Chris Geekus. He is sort of a guru of orienteering as well. Yeah, and he's kind of become a convert over the last Ultra runner year to, and a half, two life. years, becoming, like, really into navigation, which is really cool for us, you know, kind of, like, straddling those two mm-hmm. also. Um, but he has... Uh, a route near his home in Asheville that uh, he created essentially to mock Bar- to mock Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's similar as far as like off trail components, a shit ton of climbing, some runnable parts. Like it's a little bit secretive. You yeah. have to be invited. Yeah, you have to be a friend of Chris's essentially, um, and he really uh, curates an experience. I like that mm-hmm. word when thinking mm-hmm. about this, because he really thinks he carefully about who's who can be there, because 
Uh, it is very self-sufficient. It is very much like it's a little bit dangerous. Self-extraction. Like you have to be a person that if you got stuck in a mountain, you would be okay. Yeah, and I feel like very confidently at the at the very least that is something that we could do yeah. in any circumstance. Yeah. At this point, we have the right gear. We know how to use a map and compass. Yeah. We also know by just looking around where we are. I mean, it was daytime yeah. for most of the time. So we, I feel very confidently that in day or night we could extract ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and th- So there was a group of, I don't know, between 10, 20 people. And uh, there was five women. So whoop, whoop. Yeah. Which is super exciting. And the format is, again, to kind of mimic Barkley, it's a four-loop full event. Mm -hmm. Uh, A two-loop run is a fun run. And if... I didn't know that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, But no one has ever finished a second loop up until this year. Kind of a spoiler, but... yeah. uh, And... (laughs) Extra spoiler, it wasn't us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, don't get your hopes up. Sorry. We're not that podcast, guys. Yeah, we're um, not. If you're looking for uh, elite runners, it's, it's not, not us. It's not us. But there were, and I, I don't know offhand how many people have started a second loop, but it's not many. No one started a second loop. Ever. Yes, and, they have. Geekus and somebody else did last year. Really? Yeah. Because they had it listed as that they got to the cave and then they stopped because they were too lazy. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, but I think it might only be two. Okay. Um, so, it's about 15 degrees at and, the start, and which, overcast at the start. Which is the coldest it was the entire time, which is pretty outstanding, even at the end of the day. Because after it was 15, 16 degrees in the morning when we started, it was almost quite literally, uh, I think it was like 38 to 30. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. It was like 43 degrees in Asheville. You, yeah. And where we were, it was like 15 to 20. It was freezing. No. If I have to cover my face with a buff, it is colder than 20. I did one of the big climbs in a sports bra. Annie runs hot. This is boo-boo. It was, it, le- it was probably about 15 on the ridges. We're going to fact check this later and make some kind of a bet. <laughs> yeah, we fucking are. For sure. Come at me, bitch. It was cold. It was colder than a witch's titty. It was not warm. I'll give you that. That's how I, much I've been. I don't like this conversation. <laughs> uh, it should be noted Lauren has is... a giant glass of wine in front of her. <laughs> it, that may be true, but I... Am, I don't see what that has to I do with anything it. we're doing. I, I have a few glasses of Chardonnay. What of it? <laughs> I am not recently prone to hyperbole. <laughs> it is my New Year's resolution mm. to tell the truth. You know, you can still tell the truth and be hyperbolic. I le- legitimately believe that it, <laughs> that was, it was colder. cold as, as a witch's city? Yeah. Okay. Factual. Okay. So it was cold. <laughs> I'm going to stab you. <laughs> and we have, uh, we have a route to follow and books to find, you know, mm-hmm. just a fun event. And yeah. we... Fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Fun. Okay. Um... Also kind of going with the race format, a loop consists of about 17 miles, and it has 9,000 feet of climb. Yeah. And then 15 to 17 miles. aggressive, y'all. It's a lot. It's a lot. And honestly, I'm kind of glad that I hadn't analyzed it more in advance. (laughs) Me too. Me too. It really would have scared me. Yeah. As a comparison, I think um, the Barkley Fall Classic is... 31 miles mm-hmm. with maybe 11, 11, 11 or 12,000 feet of gain. Yeah. So we're talking about, you know, two, maybe 2,000 less gain in half the miles, yeah. which is significant. It's kind of crazy. And the topography of the area we were in was kind of like a big bowl. When you think about like mountains around the outside and like a river in the middle. And <laughs> a lot of it consisted of hit a runnable... A runnable stretch along and then the ridge. Throw yourself and then up the mountain. Dive down and go down the until valley. you found something or just bottomed out and then turn around and, and come, come right back up. Back up. Um, there there is a special madness to that. Yeah. I I saw the race director several times 
during this event, because he also runs it himself, shows great integrity on his part. And also the reason why there needs to be a big, a bit, uh, high level of self-sufficiency, because there is no... There's no, yeah, there's it's no a group extraction run. source. It's not, it's not a race or an event of yeah. any kind. It's us just going out there and doing some dumb shit. So there's nobody that's, like, home base support to yeah. kind of bail you out. Yeah, I saw him, and I gave him uh, the hairy eyeball, and he was like... Lauren, and if I didn't know better, I thought that you were either going to hug me or hit me. And I was like, I don't know where you got the hug part at all. Because I'm going to kill you. I really, I had a couple, yeah, I'll I'll get to the want to die moments later. While everyone else is always having a good time and chatting and trotting, there's always the little caboose of sadness. And her name is Lauren. It's, it's usually someone. However, I do feel like sometimes it feels like if you are the least drunk person at a party, you are the most sober. <laughs> and it's like, you're just thinking, if there's anybody that hurts less than me right now, they seem like they're having a good time. Wait, but you guys weren't suffering in any way. No, but it was not, it was not a cakewalk. Yeah, you can't use Anne as a barometer for difficulty. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Because we both got the same tattoo in the same place, and I would describe it as um, otherworldly in pain level. And she put her little hands underneath her head like a like a little statue of a sleeping baby. You know, so, a little cherub pose. Yeah. Don't. You can't. And actually, Morgan's no good, too. Sandman. Morgan's no good. No, she's no good. No. As a barometer for difficulty. She'd be like, I don't know. We were there. <laughs> Uh, I think Sandman's probably more reasonable, like, oh, that was fucking hard. Yeah. I think she'd probably tell the truth about it, but neither one of you guys will. So it makes me feel more alone in my suffering that no one will really call it what it is. It was tough. So I keep saying so. We got several books and then began the... It's not this... I guess it would be the climb to the highest point of the course. The and it was to and the it was big very climb. and it was very long. So there was a climb into the next climb. So no yeah. bleep bleep climb into the climb of the most high magnitude. Mm-hmm. That went on it, it was like a climb and then a little bit of runnable and then a climb that yeah. was just brutal. Yeah. So And we were in a group and I hope you don't mind me sharing, but Lauren had Express that maybe she had, we should have slown, slown, slown Slo- down, Slo- yeah, slowing down, like Sloan Peterson, um, which I'm completely guilty of too. When I'm in a group, I don't want to be the one to say we need to go a different speed, faster, Just everyone slower. Everyone else was having an okay time, and we were probably eighty percent up the worst climb. Yeah, and I got like a stabbing pain in my collarbone, and then I felt like my lungs and my heart were like engorged. Like I, and you kept saying your chest was cold. Yeah, my my hands and my cheeks felt cold and numb, and not in like a sensation way, like uh, not in like a cold temperature wise. Like I I could not feel my hands or mouth, um, and I felt like I was having a panic attack. And I remember, I don't remember like if you spoke up and said something, or if we were like, "What's the matter?" I remember... Yeah, I don't know how it came to be, but we were actually just about to come on some other runners who were coming back at Mm -hmm. us from an out and back, and I I did not know that yet, but I was just... I think they turned back to see if I was okay, because I I think I probably just said I needed a minute. Yeah. And I I really was the very tipping point of a full-fledged panic attack where your windpipe closes... And you're crying involuntarily and you don't know why. Yeah. Which is exactly how I felt, like, when I got hypothermia. I was just like, I don't know why I'm crying. And I have no control. And I feel bad for people around me because I'm just like, I'm going to continue exploding and there's nothing you can do till I'm done. And Lauren expressed, had expressed all of how she was feeling. And in my head, I'm like, oh my God, she has pulmonary edema. She either, either she has pulmonary edema and I'm going to say that or I'm just going to say that she's fine. And I was like... You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes me feel better that people would take me seriously. Because I really did feel like I was having a medical event. Yeah. And, and I don't think you can say for certain that you weren't having a medical yeah, event. Yeah, that's true. the other thing, I mean, uh, I think a misconception for me, um, and as a flatlander, it's something to be aware of, is that you don't really have any altitude 
symptoms maybe i won't say sickness but symptoms mm-hmm. until you get up to ten thousand feet like it just mm-hmm. that just kind of seems like a rule of thumb but when mm-hmm. you're a person that pretty much lives at sea level uh when you climb up to a three thousand foot difference within an hour or two that can feel pretty dramatic mm-hmm. to the uninitiated mm-hmm. so um i think there I, I really do think there was part of that because then you subsequently felt better when we were climbing at Laura elevations yeah, and as soon as I we did. kind of dropped back into the bowl I was fine yeah and I felt like oh I remember my climbing gear like climbing is hard but it doesn't feel like dying yeah and if I just put my hands on my hips and breathe like this is a doable sort of like chewable chunk I can peel off just like rat jaw like I'm just like oh well I'll go set my- it and forget it yeah <laughs> I'll just go my pace, and other people will go too fast and stop, and I will just be the one going beep, 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 And I felt like that in all the valley climbs. Although we should remember the real cure to, to what ails oh, you. is beer. <laughs> <laughs> I say while holding my giant glass of wine. <laughs> just making sure I don't feel sick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, the magic bullet for me at Ozarks was boiled potatoes and PBR. So I, I had just... I had forced myself to recover from my panic attack because people were coming back towards us, and I was just like, I'm going to shove this down, see how it goes. I'm going to shove it down. And I was coming into a place where there was going to be a, a book, and I was having that weird, like, my hands are shaking, my knees are shaking, like I had been doing sprints, and I would put my foot down, and my knee would buckle backwards, and I would, like, kind of lurch forwards, and that's what was happening for at least 20 minutes. And Never mind like, you that we were kind of on the snowiest part of the course. Yeah, it was slippery. So we get down into this little sheltery-ish place, and uh, someone's like, oh, I've got half of an IPA. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> please give me that. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, here you go. And I chugged half of a Celebration IPA, and I was like, boop, 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 boop. Oh, I'm fine. Let's go. And I was shaky and a little bit nervous for a couple hours. But it didn't take you long to shake it off, honestly. No, but I did have trouble again later when there was another climb hot high up on that ridge. Okay. Yeah. And I will... Where we found a purple glove. Yeah. I was struggling badly there. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think I realized that, so you're covering it well. I was struggling in the same way that I had struggled on the previous climb. And I was like... This is at the point in the day, probably three and a half, four and a half hours in, where I was already practicing my speech to Annie about how I was going to stop after the loop. Like, I wasn't going to extract myself, but when I was done, I was going to be like, look, not for all the money in the world would I go back out there today. Because we really wanted, the three of us had talked about doing two loops. Mm -hmm. I would love to say it shorter and say that we... Wanted to just start two loops, but we wanted to finish two loops. We did. I mean, we really talked a lot about that. However, I told Lauren later, I was like, well, just the fact that you were going to give me a speech about not going out, that would have failed because I would have known that if you're giving a speech that you could be swayed. So <laughs> I shouldn't tell her these things, yeah. but usually I tell her these insights and she still... I still don't remember. Yep, I st- In yeah. my mind, I like have to make a case to Annie about like why I'm dropping. And she something. said, well, then what should I tell you? What should I tell you then? Or what could I tell you to get out of it? And I thought, I told her, you just say, I'm not going back out. <laughs> I, I, I wish I didn't know that. But you know what? I don't think I'll ever say that sentence. Right. I don't, because I think it will always sort of be a negotiable. Absolutely. Except for like San Diego, where... It was a negotiable, I tried, yeah. and then it was yeah. non-negotiable. And then it was kind of out of your hands, it, yeah. It was just like body failed, yeah. majorly. But, but yeah. We, we had really great moments at working as a team during the day, which was great. There was a particularly gnarly out and back that was running along the ridge and then coming down to get a book. And like the whole time we're descending, uh, it was a really steep like slide on your butt half the time. And then the whole time you're descending... it we were audibly saying to each other, we have to come back up this. Like, yeah. the more you're sliding yeah. down, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, we have yeah. to just turn around and come back up this. And we also started seeing a few people yeah. coming up that some, looked miserable. Yeah, some guy was, I was like, boy, it's much worse coming up this way, huh? I was like, I bet you miss what we're doing right now. And he goes, those were different times. <laughs> we were different people then. <laughs> That's funny. I said something similar up where I was. I I said, remember when you were coming down this hill and it was fun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> we were different people then. Different people then. So we got down to the bottom, got our book, and then came right back up. And we were all, we were all kind of like uh, intimidated by the climb up. And I said, you know, I really just want to try and not hate the climb. Like, just find a way to, like, you let it roll over me. Because I, I will when I do big climbs, it's not just a physical exertion for me. Like I'm like angry that I can't do it better. And I think that makes it Mm. more difficult for Mm. me. Like I've always wanted to be, get to fall in love with climbing. I know that it's never going to feel easy, but to not, Not it's like speed work where you dread it so much that that, that dread almost becomes another thing that you Mm -hmm. have to overcome Mm -hmm. to get the thing done that you need to. And uh, you know, one of my favorite things is practice doing the task well, no, no added drama. drama, no loading with meaning, mm-hmm. and just trying to do that with a climb, like, we know this is going to be long and difficult, like, let's just kind of dig in and go. Yeah, that didn't and really bother me at that no. moment. No. So, Lauren put on some music, uh, like I said earlier, I went up in a sports bra because Crazy. that apparently is another thing that... I swear I've never been cool enough on a climb to not feel like my head is going to explode off in heat. So my sweet spot apparently for big climb races is like 20 degrees. So just so you know, for a frame of reference, I'm wearing thick winter fleece-lined running pants, REI hiking pants, a thick pair of wool socks, two wool Ibex base layers, and a cotton houndstooth zip-up jacket with a buff on my ears and a buff on my neck with... Double layered, like fingered gloves. Yeah, and Morgan, who typically is a hotter runner, mm-hmm. also similarly in a layered. down jacket. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, you know, something in my broke. circuit board is always broke. Fried. So it was nice to Fried. be accommodated. <laughs> At the top, it was so cold, I had to put a buff over my mouth and nose, and Annie was in a sports bra. So <laughs> no one quite understands your no, physiology. Same as me. I it's neither bizarre. do I. But we did this big climb and honestly just knocked it out. Like we were kind of like, Oh, Oh, that okay. is done. Well, we're cool. done. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so we continued along and there is a few more down, drop down in, all the drop way, in, drop come out. up all the way. Um, and we ended up meeting up with another runner for like the last third of the loop. Nick Yeats, who, uh, was a a nice add to our group. So typ- oh yeah, typically. Think, what did you call him? It's it's Y E A T. Oh, Nick Yates. You is it Yates? Yates? I mean, there's an extra E. Anyway, you're we, right. It is Yates. It's Yates. We know Nick from BFC. I think I've run with him three years in a row at BFC. Really? Yeah. I always say hello to him, and I don't think he ever really knew who I was, and I always forget that other people don't greet other people with the same familiarity as I do, and so they're like, why? This who is the, are you? This is the benefit or curse of being an extrovert. I would yeah. be somebody, but I do think it's super interesting that at BFC, year after year, the same people fall in line with each it's other. True. I see a it's lot true. of the same people every year. You end up running or That's seeing... That's how I met Geekus. Yeah, which is crazy because it's not just that you're seeing the same people, you're seeing them at the same point the same of the time. course. Yes. And just keep in mind that the course changes and like yeah, people change year to year. It's yeah. Yeah, Geekus some and kind I'm... of mass hysteria. Meet every year at Ratjaw. And then Nick Yates and I have also met every year around Ratjaw, which is crazy. Yeah. So we picked him up and... Um, he was a d- freaking delight. Yeah. Uh, just a peach of a man who I had totally uh, misassessed as being a little bit maybe cocky or cold. Too wrong. Se- maybe too serious. Yeah. Wrong, 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 wrong. No. Fun, silly, warm, a dad of two kids, uh, an you interesting tell, guy. You should tell the Matthew McConaughey thing on... Or not Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Jude Law. The Jude Law swimming story. You don't remember this? You said it gave you goosebumps. Oh, it did, but I can't... I, oh, okay. I don't remember my life like you do. Uh, oh, yes. Okay, got was it. Was it Jude Law? Yes, it's Jude okay. Law. So Jude Law is, is in a movie, and I, I don't know what the movie is, but he was telling me the story. We were talking about, like, how to learn to excel in, in the ultra world. Like, how do you get better? And he said... So Jude Law is in this movie, with, and he and his brother swim out into the ocean every day and have a race for like most of their lives and every day Jude Law's brother beats him and he and he always goes just a little bit further so the the game is like chicken you swim out into the water and he who turns around back to the shore first loses and so Jude Law sounds like a horrible game by the way yeah it's a very dangerous (laughs) fucking game 
But uh, so Jude Law never manages to beat him. And then one day, Jude Law has something, I guess, flip in his mind. And he finally goes out and he surpasses his brother. And he goes way further than him. And then his brother turns back to the shore. Jude Law turns around, gets back to the shore. And his brother says, you've never beaten me before. How did you how did you do it? How did you have the courage to keep going all the way out there? And he said, what did he say? He said, I had no intention of making my way back. Yes. Meaning, like, he didn't save any energy yes. to come back to shore. So, that was... That, that absolutely, like, wrecked me. Like, I was in pretty dark... I was pretty quiet. Like, I think he was planning on asking me some questions, because he and Annie and Morgan were all talking, and I was like, if you ask me something, I won't be able to talk. And just to tell him what I did for a living was, like, yeah. took everything in me to say the words out loud like yeah. i kept thinking how are you all talking on a climb i hate you all <laughs> um yeah but that really like that that dug in deep to me and i feel like it might teach me a lesson in further endeavors yeah anyway you just have to use it on a i think that's a i think that's a once a year max card you get to yeah. play yeah but yeah. Oh, the the ring it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But so he so we finished. So he was with us for the last third, um, still doing a lot of climbing. There's no, I mean, there is definitely an elegance to that, uh, course, because there are no easy chunks. There are no hard chunks. They are just, it's like the same flow where mm-hmm. it's like run a little bit, descend, ascend, ascend more, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there, it was really rewarding and the whole course is beautiful, but it, it was, uh, yeah, it was brutal, but not, not punishing, not punishing. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Even though I felt bad. So we get towards, we get to the last descent at the end of the loop, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Lauren and Morgan think they're really fucking clever. <laughs> I do not. Morgan Morgan and I were butt sliding, and Annie's a much descender, much better descender than both of us, so Morgan kind of crept up on me as we slid through mangled trees and rocks and was like, can I tell you something in a little black box and you won't tell anyone else ever? And I was like, mm-hmm, tell me. She was like, what if... What if we stopped after this loop was over? <laughs> and I was like, ooh, yes. Juicy. Yes. I was like, Morgan, I love you so much right now. I never thought you would say that to me. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> so we were like bounding and giggling. And you... I didn't think we were being obvious at all. <laughs> and they so the were. Dodo. So we get towards the end and... uh I said something to Lauren later. I was like, I knew you guys weren't going to keep going because... And she goes, how did you know? I did not. And I was like, I said, because you guys were totally acting like people who could see the finish line. Where everything becomes great, nothing is hard, you're floating on air, you're just giggling hysterically because you're like, yay, I've done, did it. Like, you know, you're at the end of the marathon, you can see the shoot, like, make it happen. So I had already made my case in my mind for why I was quitting, and now I had Morgan. So now I had the most airtight reason sure to just call it yeah so we openly discussed while we were still running and i had i had asked morgan what her plans were because i was gonna say you're gonna stop after the first loop right and i thought better of it and thought i should ask her what her plans are because if she's even a little bit solidified or even a little bit swayed i don't want to be the one who can make confirms or you know yeah that decision for her so i asked her what her plans were and because i think it's worth talking about reasons to stop um, and she, uh, she said, you know, I don't have, uh, I don't want to be injured and have to come back from that, mm-hmm. uh, because to her, it seemed really easy to get an injury in that course, which mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. And it's not specific to the things that she wants to do in the future. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Laura and I with orienteering stuff and other big, adve- bigger adventures plan, like this fits in with our training so it was kind of like for us that was one of the main purposes of this event was to to practice yeah. and to get uh, yeah. more experience with that morgan doesn't ha- doesn't have that same thing she wanted to do this because she wanted to do this event and hang out with friends yeah, yeah and totally. her next a her next a race is laurel highlands which is a very different 
thing. It's a marked yeah. course. It's uh, it has some elevation change, but yeah, it's rolling. It's a point to point, so it really doesn't match up. No. Um. Uh. So she was like, "I'm gonna drink beer." Yeah. So she, she decided to stop after the first loop, which I, was, I totally respect about her because yeah. she's not usually a person who's like she's a pack animal. She's not. Yeah. She's not usually like I'm doing this. <laughs> the end. She's like, oh well, everyone else is gonna. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> I but, think she even said at one point while we we're out, uh, she said something about being a pack animal and being happiest with her f- nose in someone's ass and <laughs> someone's nose in her ass <laughs> or something like that. And I thought, like, that's one way that's to say it. That's one way to say it. <laughs> yeah, being on the chain gang. Yeah, yeah. With your nose in someone's ass. That's when you yeah. find your true joy. Yeah, yeah. I'm happiest with my nose in someone's ass. Yeah, so I rolled in. And you went right to the fire. I went right to the fire. People, so everybody, pretty much everybody in front of us, except for we had seen two guys go back out on their second loop, and everybody else that had run and finished the loop or not, you know, whatever had become of them, were at the campfire drinking beer and had been there for most of them for thirty minutes to an hour yeah. before us. And we were really shocked by that because pretty much everyone, I would say fifty percent at least of the people who started at the starting line. Where people who were like, we're definitely going out for two, at least yeah. two. Yeah. And so, this is a this is a tenured, experienced group. Yeah. I mean, mostly 100-mile finishers. Um, mostly uh, either... No lightweights. Barclays hopefuls or people who've... A couple real, legit barkers. Yeah. And, yeah. Heart heavy hitters. And I was like, guys, what are you, uh, what are you guys doing? They're like, <laughs> drinking. I was like, what are you, are you going to go back out? And they're like... No, which really cracked me up about Mike, the guy in the camo, who was like, "No, no fucking way!" Like, <laughs> like don't be silly. When everyone had promised themselves previously that they would go, and I asked the two women, I was like, "Why, why are you guys not going?" And they're like, "Well, uh, cause we're pussies." And I was like, "Okay." I was like, "But that Ann Lang, though, man, she's just a different breed." And they were like, "She is." She is a different breed. Because I had spent the whole descent when I knew that Lauren and Morgan were done, like, stealing my mind. Just being like, I will not stop. I'm going to go back out. I don't care if I'm alone. I was freeing my mind. I will go back out. I was freeing my mind. Yeah. I will drink beer. I will eat pizza. I will sit down. (laughs) I will put on clean underwear. And I will call it a fucking day. So I love love the pathways to the same the same destination. Yes. So I'm at the car and I asked Morgan like, okay, you're definitely not, not going back out. Right. And she said, yeah. I said, do you, will you crew me? And to her credit, Morgan switched she from straight I, into the mud. Yeah, so she started making ramen cause she had her jet boil and like switched right over. Not act, you know, essentially like she had not just climbed 10,000 feet. What a boss. Um, yeah. What a boss. And there's other factors that discourage people from going on a second loop, especially this year. It was going to be cold. It was, it was going to be, be dark. So we essentially got done with our first loop right about sunset. It was going to be dark. It was going to be in the opposite direction, so navigation is more difficult. It also has, in this opposite direction, the biggest climb mm-hmm. of the whole course is right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things holding you in at camp. Um, so I'm getting ready, and I see Lauren sitting by the fire and uh, totally, like, in decompress Chill people mode, mode. Mm-hmm. and i don't know what made you think to come over but uh she came over from the campfire and was like so you're definitely going back out huh and i was seeing like the women. i am seeing the women that's right that's what made me come back over um i said yeah i'm definitely going back out and she goes i just i wish i felt worse <laughs> right now <laughs> i just wasn't broken right my mind wasn't tired my legs didn't hurt like, nothing about me was remotely bro- Like, my, my spirit was not broken. Yeah. Like, we were all feeling pretty good, like, uh, which is crazy. And even with your heart and lungs and mental stuff yeah. early, you were moving really well. Yeah. And, I mean, we weren't even, like, moving around crunchy when we were in no. camp, which was bonkers. No. And I said, you know, it would just be you and me. And Lauren was yeah. like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I'll go." Okay, and I, and, which I, I honestly can't, I can't believe that you turned around because you were so like, I was done. Yeah, I had taken my shoes off. I was just like, <laughs> I'm gonna drink beer, hang out with people. I love hanging out with people. People are way more fun than suffering. Yep, and like the social aspect entices me more than probably anyone we hang out with. Where I would just yeah. be like, I would rather Suck talk up to stranger people magic. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god, stranger magic. Yeah. Uh, so Lauren and I went back out. On a second loop. I'd like to add woo, that I just decided this is a total Kathy Kraft move. I was just like, you know That's what her would, mom. would make me feel better? Red lipstick. 
It would make me feel better. I would feel more powerful if I was wearing red lipstick right now. So. You even asked, you said, can I put on lipstick? I was like, yes. Yeah. I know that's the best answer I could have gotten. So I put on cherry red lipstick, packed my shit filled with like cinnamon rolls and Pop-Tarts, put on a dry we shirt. We ate so much food. We ate like half a pound of, between mashed potatoes and ramen, we probably ate half a pound of food yeah. a piece. I ate another banana. I ate like four oh, Oreos. I didn't know that. Yeah, I ate a lot. We stuffed our gills. Yeah. And we head back out, and, and everybody people are cla- and clapping, and Chris, Chris like, announced us as we were going out, and he was, like, super emotional, because not that many oh. people have gone out on a second loop. So great. I, I may be mistaken, but I think we're the first women to go out on a we second are. loop. We are. And uh, we went out on the highest climb of the day, so yeah. we um, is were... Is it really? It is. It's the longest, highest climb. That, mean, that makes everything else seem... I just can't believe that. Yeah, it, it is. It just, I think I was in such a good and powerful mood mm-hmm. that I don't even remember going up it. I yeah. was just like, yes. And it's very, I mean, you have to, it's the same thing as like rat jaw, BFC, you know, depending on which way you go, like you're sometimes doing the full, the full amount and mm-hmm. sometimes you're not. And like, um, yeah, it just gives you different perspectives on the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we head up on the ascent. It's dark the whole time that we're going up and... We're just chugging along, doing our thing. I mean... It was not... I got in a different mode. Yeah. I just got in, like... I don't know. In, like, adventure, ultra, like, this is what I know how to do mode. And plus, for me, I always feel like if there's less people doing the thing, like, the more unappealing it is to a normal person, the more that I am attracted to it and more motivated I am to do it. So it was, like, the first loop, everybody was out there, and... The majority of people were in front of us. So you kind of feel like you're scrambling to do the bare minimum that everybody mm-hmm. else has. But when mm-hmm. you go out and you're two of four people yes. that are out there, you're kind of like, well, worst case scenario, we we're just doing do okay. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> like we're doing okay. So we're going up the climb. And <laughs> just because I want to keep saying this, it's just a messy it's hillside. Messy. Like it's very there's. Messy. There's rhododendron everywhere. There's Which like underbrush. There's a bunch of leaves. There's a bunch of blowdowns. There's no picking a lane and just kind of no, barreling up the hillside. So you have to use pass. your brain a little bit to figure out. Because I mean, there are times I'd stop and look and be like, both these look both like going shit. right or left looks like briars crap. or rhodos. Yeah, mm, briars. Yeah. Although briars comp- compared to Ohio are nothing. They're really was, kind of slick and yeah. easy to manage. And also in much more isolated patches, yeah. which I thought made a yep. big difference. Um, so a funny thing, when we were finishing up our first loop, the second guy to go out, Mike Geyer, was at the top of oh, the yeah. climb we were doing. And so as we were getting ready to do our last descent into camp, he had already headed back out and had just finished the first ascent. Yeah, you're like, hey, Mike, how was it? And we're, yeah, we're like, so how was the climb up? And he goes, this is bullshit. <laughs> or he just said it normal. He said, this is bullshit. But in our memories, it's in perfect slow motion. This, this is bullshit. bullshit. So the whole time <laughs> we're going up this climb, all I can see is Mike in my head going, this is bullshit. <laughs> and this is like, you know, the second place guy, he did the entire freezing day in shorts. Like, you yeah, know, he's one a of those ass. kind of mountain men. He's a hard um, And so... Going up that climb, it felt good just being like, we're doing, we're doing like the yucky part. Like, yeah. We got out of camp. We're in the dark. We found the book with no trouble. Yeah. And we, uh, when we were just about ready to top out, because this was really not our plan up to that point, um, when we were getting ready to top out, I was like, why don't we get the book and turn around and come back into camp? And Lauren was so excited. She hugged my ass. <laughs> She was ahead of me on a very steep climb, so I wrapped my hands around her waist and squeezed my face in her butt, and I was like, thank you so much. This is what I wanted to hear. Which, again, to your credit, Lauren was in it for as long as I was going to be in it. I was just going to go. Yep. And I just kept thinking, and really my motivations for stopping were, one, we're both so fresh back to training, and we're so in that base building phase. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm still doing heart rate training where I have to go uber slow in order to keep my heart rate low enough. Lauren's doing a lot of, like, cross training still and, like, had just, like, a bike and two runs this week, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So we're both in, like, a good progressing point Mm -hmm. right now. Don't want to ruin it. But we were not, I mean, we were... 
I hate to say we weren't training for for this last weekend, but it's not our A or B or no, C thing. I wasn't it's a training. thing that we've been wanting to do and if we had more time that we were training, I'm sure we would have. Yeah, been that was training strictly a wing it event this Yeah, time. like if you didn't have some tenderoni stuff going on after Ozarks mm-hmm. where you're swimming a lot and if I hadn't busted my leg, it would have been a different thing. Like True. I would have been out for True. blood. But this was more like, holy shit, can you believe what our bodies are doing? Yeah. Because yeah. Just, despite everything, I mean, when it came down to it, you yeah. and I climbed really well and yeah. managed our managed ourselves really well. We didn't really have tummy issues, which Mm-mm. is amazing. Like we managed... Cold helps. Yeah, we managed... That's true. Um, we managed our water intake really well and refilling from streams we and just yeah. navigation. I, I mean, we really didn't make any navigation errors as far as needing to go like back down a hill or anything yeah. like that. Um, so again, just meeting all the objectives of the day. So when it came down to it is like I felt really strongly that I could have done a second loop and it would have probably taken out a little bit more from the bank so to speak it would have taken everything yeah and it would have been a couple weeks at least until we got back to the point we are right now in Mm -hmm. training Mm -hmm. and it just seemed too hard to think about losing that much time and I (laughs) I typically do not give two shits two shits about injury risk like that is not a thing that I think about like when I go out for a race or something yeah it's not I usually am not, in my bank either. I am not worrying about injuring myself and this because of the stress fracture I was just thinking like I just don't want to I just don't want to start over and mm-hmm. you're in the exact same place oh yes really. oh yeah so uh it didn't feel like a cop-out and I'm a hard ass when it comes to DNFs like if I say I'm going to do something then I'm damn sure. well better do it. Sure. Um, but it felt like the right move when thinking about like races for this whole year, things that for I want to accomplish next year. For me, it was just a year. delicious relief. <laughs> I was going to do what I had to do, but heading back down that climb towards beer and cold pizza, sweet potatoes and Tostitos, I was just like, oh baby, this is the juicy spot right here. <laughs> I we We were just, I think we were riding a high of feeling like we are the people we say that we are. Uh, we are capable of great things. And now we also go, go we get to go celebrate it, which yeah. it n- doesn't really happen too much. No. We're usually done so late that everyone's gone, or it's just a thankless race. Yeah. So coming back into the glory that was the parking lot was insane. Yeah. It was a good time. And, like, it's such a good group of people. I mean, everybody what was hanging out for group. hours afterwards for the people that would finish later. And... I think it's worth mentioning the other guys that went out on loop two. So, uh, a gentleman named Brandon became the first person to do two loops. Yeah. Two other runners ended up going back out on loop two and cutting out at the same spot. One was our friend Nick, who actually hung out near the fire for like half an hour. Eight pizza. So we duct had taped his shoes. And then came back out. So we, when we had decided to go back to camp and we were almost back to where it went back to trail and wasn't off trail anymore. He is, was just starting out in the second loop, and he stayed out until, like, 2 in the morning or something like that. And Gonna need another a wheelbarrow for... for those balls. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Champion. So it was, yeah, it was pretty It was pretty amazing. Um, we ended up having to leave. I won't say we had to leave, but we left. We, we left around cooked. midnight um, we so that we sleep. could get some sleep before we hit the road back home. But all in all, a... A solid weekend of good off-trail practice. Confidence boosting. Yes, confidence boosting, navigation. Stoke. Yes, good stoke I would say that my stoke level is much higher. Yeah, I've got that, like, adventure hunger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I haven't done, like, an epic thing in a Mm -hmm. really long time. True, Um, So it was very, like... Okay, this is why I do it. Like I felt like a junkie. Yeah, like oh, I. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> yep, yep. I was chasing that first high. I was like, give it to me. Um. So that that was last weekend, and that was. I mean, that's really the highlight of our winter season. I'll say. I would say so too. Yeah. So yeah. next up is just more navigation stuff and really just building up base miles, which you know sometimes you have to step back and do that. Yeah. Um. I don't mind it. Although, and I don't know if I told you this. I don't think I did. Uh, Andy, thank goodness he pays attention, 
You have to run a 50 miler between August 2017 and August 18th for Angeles Crest as a qualifier. So I need to do a 50 miler before August. So, Ooh, that uh, sounds like so much fun. Yeah, so that's one thing I'm going to talk to Gelfie about when I talk to him this week. Can I go too? You could, yeah. Um, so it would be. That's a no. No, real, I don't know which one I'm going to do. So he was like, Ooh, the well, turtle what? one, the turtle one. What's the turtle one? I don't one? know, but I remember that there was one with the turtle in it. <laughs> yes, the turtle one. So he he asked me, like, what kind of 50-miler I wanted to do. And I said, you know, it's probably easier to just tell me when is a good time to do it, and then I'll go from there. So it would be sometime in late May, early June. Hmm. I want to go to this so bad. <laughs> I don't see why not. So I'm debating. So I'll look to see what event you I end up doing. Need a qualifier for a race you're already signed up for? Yes. No, no, that's not a quali- not a qualifier, but uh, oh, you need it to just. It's get like a, a prerequisite. No, no, no. It it is. You have to do eight hours of volunteer work, and, and you, you have to run a fifty mile between August 2017 and August 2018. I don't agree with that, but fine. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, but um. But it'll be fun because I don't have, I mean, that'll be like my big kind of in-between event. So Sweet. Yeah. And I, I mean. I know Wilf is out there laughing right now because he was like, two races, huh, Lauren? <laughs> I don't know that I've done a 50 I've miler. never, I've never run a 50 miler. I've done accidental 100Ks. I don't think I've done a 50 miler. Because okay. when I did Never Summer, I'd never done a 100K before. I've done a purposeful 100K and an accidental 100K. And I've never run 50, ever. Really? We've both never done 50? No, it's never, it's never been a sweet spot. We've always thrown the javelin further. <laughs> but it sounds like fun, because yeah. it, it seems like you could push it a little harder yeah. to like, see, like push your blow-up yeah. spot. The one thing I'm, I, I did say is like maybe something to consider is to do a hotter one, because Angela's Crest is hot, and to try and do like some heat adaptation techniques. Enjoy. So like sauna work. <laughs> but I mean, you haven't done any heat work stuff either so like i don't want to and i don't need to why wouldn't you want to adapt though the goal is not to like train hard it would be like sitting in a sauna we'll fight about this later all right she's gonna do what i say (laughs) 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 that's that's the the glory of birth birth. but anyways thanks y'all and next time we'll talk about whatever we talk about yeah we have a very finely planned outline and we can't wait to release it to you yeah (laughs) see you soon bye